It's time for Rama for Today. Remember one pastor said to me, and I was on the field, he said, Brother, how in the world do you get people to pray? I said, pray yourself. Set the right example in front of them. He said, oh, and walked off. Because he's doing everything else but praying. Any church I pastor, I never had any problem getting people to pray. No problem whatever. And you won't either if you'll direct people according to the word and keep them in the word, but pray in line with the word. Don't get off on tangents. You're listening to Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. Later in today's program, I'll tell you about this month's radio offer. Right now, let's join Kenneth E. Hagan with his teaching, Taking Your Place. You got your Bibles there? Just hold it and let's go to another scripture and then we'll come back to what I'm talking about. You remember James 5. You remember this without even looking at it unless you just want to. We're all familiar with James saying in the 5th chapter and 14th verses, any sick among, let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray on the Lord in the name of the Lord the prayer of faith to save the sick. The Lord shall raise him up and he's committed sin and shall be forgiven. But do we know the 16th verse? Pray ye, confess your faults one to another, and pray ye one for another that you may be healed. See, healing has to be the will of God, especially for ever, all the church. Because said, pray for one another that you may be healed. He wouldn't tell you to pray for something that wasn't his will, would he? Wouldn't that be stupid? Pray ye one for another that you may be healed. For the fervent effectual prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Now the Amplified reads something like this. That the, the constant fervent, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. You see, the Holy Ghost is always present everywhere, but it's not necessarily available just at the moment. But see, we just know he's here because the Word said so. But you don't see him, do you? And he's not in manifestation just at the moment other than I'm teaching under the anointing. But... uh, the, the, the continued, fervent, constant prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. It brings it into manifestation. But I don't know that whether people know it or not, but the power of God can be misused and misdirected just like natural power can. Now, John Lake said electricity is God's power in the natural realm. But Holy Ghost power is God's power in the spiritual realm. Well, you know as well as I know that that electricity has been in existence ever since God created the worlds. But man didn't even for centuries, didn't even know it was here. Amen? But in our time, so to speak, Benjamin Franklin discovered electricity. But even after he discovered electricity, it was of no value to anybody because... Folks didn't know the rules and the laws that govern the operation of it. Amen? And Thomas A. Edison, an eighth grade dropout. I mean, he spent hour on hour experiment. He finally learned the rules that govern, the laws that govern the operation of electricity. And we're enjoying the benefits of it. You don't realize, you know, we just take it for granted until an ice storm comes along like did a couple of Christmases ago here and knocks out electricity from thousands of homes and we're left sitting there in the dark and it's cold. I mean, you got gas, all right, but you see the furnace, the blower is run by electricity. 
And so you fire up the fireplace and you can't stay warm. Get out the old lamp. I think it was my, my wife's mother's out there on the farm. She said, I used to study by that lamp. Thought it put out a lot. Now you can't hardly see. We lit the lamp, sat there and shivered. Finally got a hold of Ken. They had electricity, so we just went over to his house. About three days, electricity was off. Some people, it was off for a week or two. And they lost a lot of stuff, you see, out of the refrigerator and out of the deep freeze and so on. You don't know what a blessing it is. Amen? But you see, there are certain laws and rules that govern the operation of it. When something happens that breaks the flow, you just don't have it. Amen? Well, there are laws and rules that govern the operation uh, of the Holy Ghost power. And so I said, uh, we'll channel this right. We didn't stop it. We just channeled it right. You just better not turn a prayer request into us or we'll get it for you. Amen. Praise God forevermore. We channeled it in the right direction. To take our time. To pray about the needs of the people and about the Sunday services and the ever service we had. And whatever prayer requests are turned into us. We'd pray about the healing of a lot of people and the deliverance of people. But we prayed to God and God would direct us and guide us. And we'd have marvelous things that would happen almost constantly. So direct people in the right channel. Remember one pastor said to me, and I don't feel, he said, Brother, how in the world do you get people to pray? I said, pray yourself. <laughs> Set the right example in front of them. He said, oh, and walked off. Because he is doing everything else but praying. Any church I pastor, I never had any problem getting people to pray. No problem, whatever. And you won't either if you'll direct people according to the word and keep them in the word, but pray in line with the word. Don't get off on tangents. Now then, let's go back here to this fourth chapter of Luke for a moment. Notice the spirit of the Lord's upon me because he's anointed me. Well, now the body of Christ today is the church. The church is anointed and empowered by the Holy Ghost to do the same thing Jesus did. Amen? I said amen. amen. Now, number one, he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Another translation says to tell the glad tidings unto the destitute. That's the first thing we're supposed to do. Oh, the devil delights in getting people on, on, off on side issues. And they quit telling the glad tidings. They quit winning souls. They're too busy doing something else. And you'll always find that, the, like I said, I've been in the ministry 56 years. I remember back a number of years ago in the 60s, some people began to get so-called revelations. And I remember some fine people. I mean, they was in the Assemblies of God movement, wonderful ministers, doing a great work for God, soul winners. But they got this revelation that God's doing a new work in the earth. That what he's doing now, is, and, and, and I, I said this to them, they said, oh, he's not even ministering the lost anymore. I said, you're stupid. <laughs> I mean, that's the first thing God's interested in. The Son of Man was sent has come to seek and to save that which is lost. I was listening to a tape. One fellow said, 
Jesus came to torment the devil. That's ignorance gone to seed. You know what the fellow did? He quoted that, you know, several times in the Gospels. It says that uh, when Jesus entered into the synagogue, that uh, someone possessed of the devil cried, said, We know thee who thou art, or I know thee who thou art, thou holy one of God, as I come to torment us. Now, that's not all of it, see? He stopped right there and said, You see, Jesus came to torment the devil, and that's what we're supposed to do is torment the devil. I just soon hear a donkey bread at midnight in a tin barn. <laughs> no more truth to that than you're an astronaut and landed on Mars day before yesterday. <laughs> Go on and read the rest of the verse. Notice what it said. Has thou come to torment us before the time? See, those demons know the time hadn't come. Now, why has it? You see, Adam sold us out. 2 Corinthians 4, 4 said, Satan's the God of this world. He wasn't to begin with, Adam was, so to speak. God made the world the fullness thereof and said, Adam, I give you dominion. I give you dominion. I give you dominion. I give you dominion. Did you notice there in that temptation of Jesus that that's what Satan did, showed him all the kingdoms of the world and said all of this, King James says power, the Greek word is translated authority, all this authority and the glory of these kingdoms I'll give you for it was, is delivered unto me. And to whomsoever I will, I give it. Now, if that isn't true, then the Lord Jesus Christ has become a partner to a fraud. Wouldn't he have known if Satan didn't have that? But no, he just said to him, it's written, I shall worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Adam delivered it to him. And he's got a right to be here till Adam's lease runs out and you can't do anything about it except bless God go tell people that Jesus has redeemed them and they can come out of that kingdom over into this one. Amen? It's like I heard a fellow on the radio. I mean, I like the fellow over there laughing. Right on the radio. Preaching. He got over there in the third chapter of 1 Peter, you remember? Where Peter's talking about Christian wives. And he said, let it not be the outward adorning of the flesh, such as wearing of gold and plaiting the hair. And he stopped right there and said, see, you women's not supposed to go to beauty shops and get your hair fixed. And you're not supposed to wear gold. Well, the rest of the verse says, and the putting on of apparel. If they're not supposed to get their hair fixed and wear gold, then they're not supposed to wear any clothes. <laughs> Isn't apparel clothes? No, you've got to take the whole thing. Amen? No, what's he talking about? He's just talking about don't spend all your time on the outward man. See to it, first of all, that the inward man's adorned with a quiet and a meek spirit. So that fellow said, Jesus came to torment. Jesus didn't come to torment the devil. You're wearing your shopping clothes tonight. You, you can hold Luke, the fourth chapter. Go back over to the letters written to the church. I wish some folks would get into those letters. See, we read all of it. But right on the other hand, praise God, these are letters that's written to me. Amen. Welcome to Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. You can find more great materials by Kenneth E. Hagan, Kenneth W. Hagan, and the rest of the Hagan family 
by visiting our online bookstore. I want to tell you about this month's radio offer. The first product in this offer is the two-CD series from Kenneth W. Hagan, Our Rights in Christ. Also in this package is Lynette Hagan's book, Seed Thought Devotional. Lastly, Kenneth E. Hagan's book entitled, Five Hindrances to Growth in Grace. All this for the special radio price of $25. Call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. Again, call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. You can also order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Rhema.org. Or if you prefer to write to Kenneth Hagen Ministries, our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. We always love to hear from our listeners, so write in or email us today and become a part of Rama for Today. Right now, let's join Kenneth and Lynette Hagen. Well, you know, I'm always talking about word partners. Well, somebody said, well, what is a word partner? Yes. Well, uh, you know, that's just somebody. In fact, every conference that we have, I've had yes. several people come up and they hear about it there. Uh, that be, have become a partner, and a yeah. partner is somebody that prays for us on a regular basis, and then sends an offering at least once a month, whatever they can afford to send to help yes. support Rama, help support this this telecast, and all the other things that we do all over the world. And you can just go to rama.org/wpc and find out all about it, and we would welcome you to become a partner with us. For you that are partners with us, we want to thank you for helping us. Monday, we'll continue this powerful teaching from Kenneth E. Hagan. That's next week on Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. Have a great weekend.